This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. Podcast host Sally Batten is booking clinics and would love to travel to your barn. Sally brings a wealth of knowledge to help every rider from beginners to accomplished athletes. Her positive, upbeat teaching style will help all riders improve, and she brings along her teaching tools to help fix bad habits. Sally teaches both on the flat and over fences, is a certified polo cross coach, and has recently started teaching clinics in Equisize, which is aerobics on horseback. Contact her today to book your clinic at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. That's athleticequestrian at gmail.com. Welcome back to all of our listeners to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten. And uh, for over a year now, almost a year and a half, I've been interviewing collegiate coaches and riders and organizations and affiliated organizations. And that's who I'm going to be talking to today. I'm very excited to be uh, talking to the Riders Closet and the Equus Foundation and the people behind those organizations. So the Riders Closet is a charitable program that provides free show and schooling attire to equestrians in need around the U.S. so they may pursue their horsemanship dreams. Founded in 2006 by philanthropist and professional equestrian Georgina Bloomberg, the Riders Closet became a program of the Equus Foundation in 2019. And Christine Fitzgerald has managed the Riders Closet since 2010, since 2010, (laughs) assisted by a team of adult and teen volunteers. Prior to becoming the program's full-time executive director in 2018, She worked as a communications, marketing, public relations, and fundraising professional at various nonprofit and commercial organizations. Christine is also a freelance editor and proofreader for a portfolio of national publications. The Equus Foundation is the only national animal welfare charity in the U.S. that is 100% dedicated to protecting America's horses from peril and strengthening the horse-human bond. And isn't that what we're all trying to do? (laughs) The Equus Foundation focuses its efforts on ensuring donor dollars are invested in effective programs that find homes for at-risk equines and equines in transition, provide a safe haven for aged equines, and increase opportunities for equines to engage, inspire, and empower people. And Valerie Angeli, is the um, head of that program. And she has spent most of her career as a humane professional and spokesperson for animal welfare issues for national animal protection organizations. So welcome, Christine and Valerie, to the podcast. Thank Thank you you. so much. Phew, that was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot. (laughs) You're both very accomplished and uh, to have two guests. So, Let's, uh, Christine, let's start with the writer's closet. I became 
acquainted with the writer's closet, if it started in 2010, I almost think that I um, heard about it back then because I was the national steward of the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association. And I remember at one of the early nationals, we even had um, item right there at the nationals. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about um, the writer's closet and what, what it's doing, what its purpose is, how it came about and how people get involved, both donating items and if they need items, all of that, go for it. <laughs> okay. It, it was founded in 2006 by Georgina and it came about pretty organically. She saw a need within the riding community for a way to get uh, help to people who wanted to be involved at all levels of the sport and just needed some assistance getting the, what we know to be very expensive gear. Right. Um, and our program focuses solely on apparel. So we don't do anything with the tack end of things, okay. but uh, there's plenty of need where the apparel is concerned, especially for families that have growing kids that outgrow things every six months. Um, so that's how it started. She started collecting things from people she knew and uh, was doing it sort of grassroots herself for a few years. And then I came on board um, in 2010 as part of my job as a communications person for another nonprofit. And I started running the program for her uh, because it was expanding and growing a uh, lot, mostly by word of mouth. It gets around quite a bit by word of mouth, uh, family to family, which is just perfect. We, we love that everybody lets each other know that we're there as a resource. And um, so we provide um, schooling and show clothing. It uh, doesn't matter the age or level of the sport. Uh, it, it's all different disciplines. Mostly it happens to be mostly English disciplines. We do therapeutic riding, um, if someone's just doing lessons or uh, helping out at a barn, if they volunteer at an equine rescue, there are lots of different ways that we're there to help. And it's really only made possible by the donors. And that's a collection of different companies who happen to give us uh, different things that they have and lots of individual riders. Oh, so nice. we have a mix of new and gently used and we just asked for whoever's making a donation that the items are still in good enough condition to be worn with confidence by another rider. So, you know, hold it up. Think to yourself, would I feel confident riding in this? And if the answer is yes, then uh, we're happy to take it. And in 2019, we partnered with the Equus Foundation and we're now a program under the Equus Foundation. And Valerie will talk about the, their mission and it makes a ton of sense for us to be partnered with each other. Uh, there's, there's a lot of dovetailing that goes on with that. So people can go to the Equus Foundation website, which is equusfoundation.org. And there's okay. a Riders Closet tab. And then they can find they can find a donation form. They can find the rider uh, request form, which is just a one page form. And there's also information, most of what I just gave to you, but it's all there on the page if they want to find out about it. OK, so items to be donated. So when you say gently used, in other words, when a rider throws their leg over the saddle, we want we don't want the pants to split. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably no. <laughs> um, and uh, not tattered, uh, you know, lining of the show coat. So so items that probably a good judge would be if you would want to wear it, you know, send send it along. 
Exactly. And yeah. the only two things that we don't take as far as apparel are the safety gear, helmets and protective vests, uh, just right. because of the, the safety and liability. And really everyone should be fitted for a, a helmet for, for themselves. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we, we go through lots of paddock boots. Paddock boots are, are something right. we're constantly looking for and constantly giving out. Uh, kids wear them and go through the sizes really quickly. So, yeah. Okay. So, so they get sent to a central location. Yes. And, and then what happens? Is there a crew that's washing and, and boot cleaning and, and getting them ready for the next step? How, how does that work? And how do you keep them all organized? I can't even imagine. (laughs) I'm a little bit OCD, which helps. Good. (laughs) Uh, And I do a fair share of it myself. And I have volunteers who come in and help. Uh, It's a good thing that I do some of it myself as I I kind of stay involved in terms of what there is and uh, right. what's coming in and out and all those things um, and how to make it more efficient. I'm always looking for ways to, to make it more efficient. And it's gotten pretty assembly line at this point. We send everything out by mail. It's just the easiest way to uh, help as many people as possible. Um, so everything comes in. We open the boxes. I have volunteers helping me with this. We take a look at everything. Um, if something is not able to be used. We have various outlets for things uh, that we can pass things along. And then everything that can be used, uh, we enter it into the database that Echoes Foundation set up for us. Um, so everything's computerized and we by hand pick out items for someone when they send a request form in. So that's sort of still analog, but it's because we get so many different U.S. and international brands and styles that uh, a medium in one brand is nowhere near a medium in another and such. Right. So we have over, this is some of the things that have evolved over the years. And if this is too much minutia, let me know. But um, things like show coats are particularly difficult if you try to go by size. So that's something that over time we decided we were just going to measure the chest and the waist and they're organized by chest size. And then within that by waist size, now they all have tags on them. So uh, it's really important on the form when we ask for the measurements, we're not just trying to be, you know, persnickety about things. We, we really need to know because we're matching the measurements to the clothing we have. Um, Bridges is a little easier. Uh, You know, they tend a 28 to 28 sort of. Right. Um, Right. So we, we, we organize those by size Um, show shirts. The kids stuff is a little difficult too, but um, generally we measure where we're not sure and we go by sizing where things are somewhat consistent. So when you get, I, I'm, I was interested to hear you say some, uh, tax shops and, and, and manufacturers will send you stuff that must be like Christmas. Like, do you get a big box of all kinds of britches or, or whatever? Yeah, I, I would be remiss not to mention some of the companies who give yeah. us a lot of items and have over the years. Ariat by far gives us the most, and we really appreciate their support. RJ Classics always gives us items. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to forget things, but there are tax shops local to us. There's a tax shop called Bevel that gives us yeah. a lot of items. Um, so yeah, we we have uh, a number of manufacturers. Um, Sam Shield has given us things. Uh, Next one, Equestrian is sort of their parent company. Um, so that that is like Christmas because we try to give out the best quality we can. We can't always give out new, but if we're able to, we absolutely do. Um, and we try to give the the most pristine uh, show clothing that we can 
you know, hand out. Um, we don't tend to need to wash a lot of things. They thankfully come in either dry cleaned or washed most of the time. Yeah. Uh, we do wash things if we need to. And uh, we do have, I was polishing a pair of boots this morning, actually. We polish boots when they need to be. Um, yeah. So, and usually they they come in in pretty good condition too. People are very respectful of the fact that they're going to be passed along to somebody and we appreciate that. Right. And because we, uh, we all know how styles change and, and I, I'm not using the word fad in a bad way, but you know, uh, what's popular changes. So I'm, I'm even thinking of tall boots that used to back in the day when we rode, we had two boot pulls and we had to pull them on and now they have zippers. Like, is there, is there anything that you just maybe would would pass right along to a therapeutic riding program or somewhere rather than um, uh, having them go to to kids or adults that that apply for them? Um, there are a few things. Uh, people don't really wear brightly colored show shirts anymore uh, right. with the rat catcher collars, you know. Yep. Um, so if, if someone asks us ahead of time, I'm pretty honest with them about what we tend to give out and don't. Um, I always hedge my bets because I remember a time when I was first managing the program that we would run out of certain things. Um, and depending on where people are in the country and what the rules are for, for riding. Uh, they may be able to ride in something that's colored versus a white shirt, um, you know, different things like that. So I always keep things like paler colors, um, things like that in case one, if it comes back around again, is <laughs> a trend. Right. I was just um, thinking that like my rust britches from the 1970s <laughs> came around again and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, in the back of our minds, one of my volunteers is a show judge and, and um, we laugh about that a lot. Yeah. And she says, just hold on to him. They might come. You know, she's yeah. seen enough uh, rides around the merry-go-round that things have right. come back again. So she tells me to hold on to things and we sort of have like a special section where we keep keep the nicest of the nice things that are maybe not super fashionable right now, but they're beautifully made. Oh, uh, nice. Because really, honestly, the craftsmanship on the older yeah, items, the show coats, especially it's really second to none. And so yeah. um, we're kind of judicious about that. But w- there is certainly a trend right now for white shirts, dark coats, tan britches. You know, everybody's asking yeah. for roughly the same thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so when that that's the, the people that are donating items, what about those that are asking for the items? So do you have any criteria? Do they have to include why they need it? Or is it just, is it kind of need blind? If you apply and we have it, we'll ship it out to you. That's a great question. It really is for the most part need blind, although people volunteer really poignant stories as to why they need help Mm. with gear. Um, Mm. It's not necessary. We just ask uh, on the form and on the website for people to please be respectful of the mission to understand who we're really here to serve. And if you fall into that category, by all means, we're here to help. And if you don't, um, then maybe just think twice about taking resources from someone who truly needs it, but we're not 
making right. anybody prove it one way or the other. Okay. Um, but there, we serve such a wide range of people. We've served people who are recovering from terminal illness and getting back to riding. Yeah. Um, the veterans. There's a really wide range of people we serve. We have a program in the South who are working, who, who is working with disadvantaged youth and kids in the foster system. So we always want to make sure that we have what we need available for those who truly need it. Right. And is, um, do you have more product? Do you have enough product to, to supply everyone or are you always needing more? Certain sizes we always are on the verge of running out and then some angel, uh, telepathically understands that we're needing it and it gets yeah. donated to us. There, there are times when we're completely out of something, but it's it's more rare now. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because I do spend a fair amount of time worrying when I see the supply dwindling of something. Um, right. I would say when, when people send a request form, they usually request multiple items and it's pretty rare that we can't give them at least one or two of the things they're asking for. So we may not be able to give them everything, but we can give them something. Um, so there is that also, but we're, we're doing fairly well with items in and items out. As long as it stays at the pace that it's at, um, then we should be good. And a few times I put the word out on social media that we need specific things and people have been incredibly generous and responsive. Right. And, and I think, I think it's important to get the word out, especially because of who my podcast is serving and that's the high school and, and collegiate community because they're because of the way that IHSA works where it's every level rider from beginner to open you, you know at, at uh, when I coached at Dartmouth I could have a beginner rider came in come in who had nothing and we had our our own friends of Dartmouth equestrian that would outfit them but that is not true in all the colleges and universities across the country. So hopefully this will really get the word out to those collegiate riders, because we're not just talking about kids, right? We're talking about adults. Yeah, we serve as many adults as kids, um, for that's for sure. And we also encourage, uh, you know, sometimes we send things out and they don't fit the person. They're welcome to send it back. We'll find another home for it. They're also okay. welcome to share it with someone uh, on their team or at their barn who needs it? That's fine right. with us too. We're trying to get it out into the world. It's doing us no good sitting here. So if if it doesn't fit the person we sent it to, okay. um, then yeah, then we you know say go ahead and pass it along. And right. you know while you're at it, when when and if you ever get to the point where you can pay it forward, just remember we're here yeah. and send back anything. Uh, you know that's how this program keeps evolving. Yeah. So your goods are donated, but you need to raise money to pay for shipping. So so what do you what fundraising, how, how do you raise money to do that? And where can people give? Uh, as far as funding for the program, it is actually fully funded through a grant. So oh. it takes care of all the expenses. Nice. Um, and uh, the Equus Foundation is a 501c3. So um, ap people absolutely can make monetary donations to the Equus Foundation. It doesn't need to be uh, redirected to Riders Closet. We're, we're taken care of as far as that. But uh, as Valerie will explain, Equus Foundation has a lot of really worthwhile programs that you can make a monetary donation to fund. Right. And do you want to take a minute to give a shout out to your volunteers? Because any any nonprofit can't work without their volunteers. So just talk about what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yesterday happened to be the last day for um, a teen volunteer who came to help a couple of days a week for the summer, uh, Claire, and she she did a great job. And I was sorry to see her go. She's going back to school. Uh, she's in high school. Uh, and over the course of the years, we we've had teen volunteers come for the summer uh, or on their breaks. Sometimes when they go to college, they're able to come back a little bit in the summertime and help out. Most of the time they're riders, they don't have to be. It's great if they are just because they have an understanding of the clothing they're working with, but right. it's by no means a prerequisite. I also have, and they've been with me for a long time now, I have two vocational volunteers from Ability Beyond who come nice. in with their staff person. And yep. one is an, is an ACE quality control person. She can spot a stain or a tear oh, faster than anybody. Nice. Juliet. Yeah. Nice. And Bain, Bain likes to um, write the tags out and things. So when we measure coats, she likes to uh, do all the writing information on okay. the tags. So uh, she helps. And then I have adult volunteers from time to time who come in to help with a, a wide range of things. Yeah. And uh, it's huge to have them. And, and the other person who needs a huge shout out is Georgina Bloomberg. Of course, this program was her idea. She's right. still very involved in it. Um, right. It's still her program in her heart and she loves the program and is hugely supportive of it. Right. And do you ever have actual pop-up shops? Like, do you go to any horse shows, any, you know, any events, anything like that and, and have the rider's closet actually there? We do. Um, we have, uh, so we're right before Hampton Classic now as we're talking and we're, we're actually going to have two trunks out there. Uh, normally we have a large top jock tap trunk, uh, Riders Closet Equus Foundation trunk that goes with uh, the horses going to a horse show. So the larger horse shows will have the big tap trunk and often Daredow will host it for us at their vendor booth or another vendor or sponsor will help host it and people can come drop off. And we usually post on social media oh. where it's going to be. And this year we have a smaller version of the trunk that goes with me because I can lift it and it fits in my car. Right. Um, right. And that goes where I go. And I was just at the Met uh, Horse Show, which was at USEP Foundation. Sure, the Metropolitan Equestrian Team, they were featured... Uh, Jane DeCosta was on the podcast. Yes. And she, so yeah. I went to there, they invited me to their horse show uh, on Tuesday and I was there for the day with the smaller trunk. And now that one's going to be out at Brennan's Bit and Bridle. Uh, they collect things for us all the time out in the Hampton. So all year round people drop off. So one or the other of those trunks is usually traveling around somewhere. And if people follow our social media and um, Val is great about reposting on Equus Foundation social media. So definitely follow every all of it um, okay. and it'll pop up there and you can okay. see where it's going to be. And where's your actual office for these, for the, for the volunteer, for the people power? Are you in New Jersey? We're in Westchester County in New okay. York and uh, everything, the shipping and um, the donations, unless they're dropped off in person are done by mail. And it's, uh, we use actually the local UPS store in Somers, New York. So okay. it's local to us. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, don't leave us Christine. Cause at the end, I'll want to ask you a couple other questions, but let's, let's switch. Valerie to you and and tell us all about the Equus Foundation just pretend like we don't know anything and tell us what the when it started what the purpose is and all of that sure I'll be very happy to um and your young riders if they don't already know about it um your listeners will be happy to know that 
Um, the Equus Foundation is a large national organization that basically is the only one in the nation that is totally focused on horse welfare, protecting horses and honoring and supporting the horse-human bond. So through its programs and services, it engages riders and gets people interested in careers with horses. Um, that even includes our equine education network, which is sort of one-stop shopping if you're looking for a college or a school to go to, if you want to be a veterinarian or a vet tech, or you want to go to school for equine studies, you can go right on our website and do a search oh. for that. And there are live links that'll send you right to the, the website of those schools. Um, so we nice. kind of do that that work for you so you don't have to hunt around on the internet if you're, your passion is horses. Um, and side note, one of the reasons we do that is because we encourage people to get involved in the horse industry and the horse yeah. business. Um, you know, horses also depend on jobs and homes and second chances. And that is a huge part of what the Equus Foundation does is it ensures that horses have a place to go through supporting equine welfare organizations, horse rescues, horse adoption organizations, therapeutic riding organizations that utilize donated horses for their programs. And that's a win-win because it's a mutually beneficial thing for horses and people. We're all about celebrating the beauty and the, our, our motto is for the love of horses. Mm. So we uh, essentially want to help horse lovers and riders enjoy horses, be able to help them with their next chapter for a horse if they need retirement help. Mm. Um, we want to we're about to do an adoption day at the Hampton Classic actually coming up on Monday um, from 12 to one and this will probably be heard after the fact. but right. we do adoption days at horse shows and in Wellington, Florida and we have riders like Georgina Bloomberg who sponsors Adoption Day. She'll come and help us get horses adopted and Brian Gutal and uh, a lot of top riders will come and cheer on uh, our programs at horse shows to get rescued horses homes. Um, we also have a volunteer program sponsored by Ariat called Champions Program. So if you want to volunteer at a local horse welfare organization, we'll show you where, we'll show you how, and we'll also potentially give you a reward like free boots through Ariat, which, um, wow. yeah, they do. They make it so much fun to get involved with horses. Right. Um, we have adoption events. We have uh, social media that you can get involved in and you can make a donation where you know that we will carefully screen any organization that we then share the donation to through our guardians program. Um, which means that any equine organization we give a donation to has had to pass a thoroughly screened uh, disclosure, if you will. And, um, and all the information about their horse care and business practices will live on our website and their profiles there for you to view how they care for horses, what they do exactly. So there'll be no surprises because no one wants to fund an organization that wasn't what we thought it was. That's right. Um, so, and and by the way, the Equus Foundation was founded in 2002 by Lynn Coakley, who was a horse show mom. And her daughters would ride and show. And when it came time to retire her daughter's show horses, 
she realized there weren't a lot of options and that a lot of horses were greatly at risk after their show careers were over for abuse, neglect, and Lynn didn't even know about the slaughter industry, which right. even though it's it's better now than it used to be as far as how many horses go to slaughter, it's still happening. And it was happening a lot when Lynn founded the Equus Foundation. So it started out small and local to help local Connecticut charities through a charity lunch in Fairfield at the horse show where her daughters rode. It got bigger and bigger as Lynn does. She took something small and made it huge and amazing. So we're now national and we are helping organizations across the country with funding to help horses find next chapters. Great. And a lot of those horses wind up at equestrian teams. Um, yes, I, yep, absolutely. As you know, they're donated to, yep. um, to equestrian teams. Yep. Um, and I also work with Long Island University, um, their new veterinary college, mm -hmm. and their equestrian team. And they've got donated horses through Equus Foundation uh, Guardians. Right. So it's all kind of a win-win. It's we're engaging people to get involved with horses, and the rider's closet is a perfect match for us because it helps people enjoy the beauty and the magic of horses if they potentially couldn't afford the clothes or right. to show. Right. Um, we want to make the magic of horses available to everybody. Right. Right. And um, so both organizations, you've talked about some horse shows in the Hamptons and Wellington. So, so for a lot of riders, those are upscale. They, they, for the majority of riders, they will never show there. So do you also have programs in places across the country, not just on the, you know, East Coast in the in the USCF, USHJA type shows, but other places? Do you mean Rider's Closet or do you mean? Um... I, I mean, I mean both. Do you have like you, you said you have adoption days at certain horse shows. So my my question for both organizations is just do you have outreach at other shows across the country too. We do, but um even though we have a large reach our our the ability to motivate and to make a difference our impact is big our staff is not. We have right. a really small staff. Right. So we have to be very strategic in how we choose which events and to be perfectly honest we go to the ones that have maximum impact with spectators right and you know and even though you know even though the Hampton Classic is a very elite show people come from from all over and all That's over right. the country to watch and actually right. to adopt a horse now for various right. programs Nice. So because the viewership and the spectatorship is pretty large there, that's a, a target show for us. Uh, Fairfield is also a big show because that's Lynn's hometown show where it was founded. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, lot of young riders there. Wellington, our shows are public. A lot of them, they're open to the public. So they're for anyone to come and, and meet horses. And we usually do them at people's farms. So it's not like we do it at the showgrounds and you can't come. It's it's done at somebody's farm and we open it to the public saying, come meet, come learn, come adopt. Um, so we do make things available to everybody. Great, great. And how can our listeners uh, donate to the Equus Foundation? How can they find you uh, and how can they donate? 
They can go on equusfoundation.org and right on our homepage, you'll see a give button or a donate button. We have so many ways to make donation very rewarding because you can target your donation if you care to, if you would like to give, um, you know, to us, you can actually give directly to a charity of your choice. Uh, instead of giving to us, you can donate directly to one of our oh, nice. organizations that we support on our website because yeah. we're all about helping local local organizations. Um, you can also, if you have a farm where you have a stall that might be available to help a rescue horse, we have a program called Forever Farm. You can help that way by donating a stall for oh, a rescue nice. or a foster horse. Um, you can make donations in honor of somebody for a yeah. wedding, an engagement, uh, you know, graduation, or even in honor yeah. or memory of someone who passed. Yeah. And we will send something and, you know, make a, a beautiful visual to, to make the person very proud that a donation was given in their honor. But anyone can go on our website There's and it'll walk you through how to donate. It's super easy. Okay. Great. And as we as we wind down here, our time, I can't believe it. I feel like we just started a minute ago, but <laughs> I always like to ask my guests, I'll start with you, Christine. Um, besides horses and your job, what else do you like to do? What are you interested in? <laughs> um, a lot of things. I have been a lifelong athlete uh, in sports other than horseback riding. I took lessons when I was a kid and uh, was a horse obsessed young girl, like lots right. of kids. Um, but I, uh, also for a long time played competitive volleyball. So that was yeah. a big, big part of my life. Uh, and now, uh, in the last several years I've transitioned into music. So I play, uh, bass guitar. Um, and so I've been doing that. Wow. Do you have years. a band? Um, <laughs> yeah, a group of friends who, uh, we sort of, partner up in and out. Uh, we don't have like a set band. We've got a yeah. bunch of people who like to play with one another uh, whenever we have the chance, whoever's available, oh, different great. projects. Uh, and I also am the chair of a domestic violence and human trafficking agency. So I volunteer my time and I'm a huge animal advocate. So I volunteer my time with an animal rescue also. Great. Great. And how about you, Valerie? Wow. Well, I, a lot of what Christine said is true for me as well. I'm a <laughs> lifelong animal welfare advocate and I do a lot of animal rescue dogs, um, a lot of dogs and cats and, and cows. Georgina Bloomberg and I have two rescued cows together. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and that actually came accidentally through a horse rescue that we work with. Yeah. So um, I do a lot of that. I'm also athletic and I love to hike. I walk about seven miles a day and try to get as much nature in my life as possible oh these days. Um, and I am very into vegan, uh, natural cooking and, nice. uh, kind of making time to, to figure out what tastes good and how to make it work. Yeah. Um, and I also do voiceover, um, as, as well on the side and, uh, I'm, I can't think of anything else particularly interesting, but okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell a quick story when you said that about picking up the cows. I actually did a sort of a rescue of a, of a small pony where back, this is, this is in the nineties. Um, I took some of the Dartmouth students and some of our horses to Coker farm to do it 
international intercollegiate competition. And I just helped out by driving around and helping pick up horses. And, you know, because the horses are all like donated for the weekend and it's catch riding, just like the IHSA. So I pull into one farm and there's this little, I call him a little surfer dude, you know, Palomino, bright white mane, like tiny. I don't know. He, he was probably 10 hands. And the woman says, um, do you want to throw that pony on your trailer too? And at the time I had, uh, one of my daughters was like three and she was loving horses. I'm like, are you serious? She said, yeah. She said, we um, can't take him to the horse shows because he's scared of the, you know, the little um, mopeds that people drive around at the horse shows. Yeah. And I said, yeah. So Rice Krispie Treat hopped on my trailer <laughs> and, and I took Rice Krispie Treat home. And uh, as my daughter at the time said, Rice Krispie Tweet. But she, she did lead line on him and and um, he is still alive and kicking. He's like, uh, I rehomed him, you know, once once my kids grew out of him. But uh, he's a companion pony. So I, I hear I hear you about making sure that your horses and ponies are retired uh, humanely. Yes. So I Thank totally you. I totally get this whole this whole program. And, and I want to say as a, as a horse lover, thank you, both of you for everything that you're doing oh. for not only the horses, but for the, the riders that enjoy them. Thank you. Oh. We love, we love inspiring and supporting people who love horses and, um, and, Great. and horses deserve everything we can give them. That's good. Great. They, and they thank, bring us so much. That's right. Thank you both for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher.